The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Welcome to True Crime Tuesday, a very special Regis and Kelly edition. Tonight's episode is live from the studio of J-Rama and Anti-Hero Podcast. Tonight we have a Delta Force operator versus a Green Beret and a true crime murder mystery right here on the Failure to Stop Podcast channel. Stay tuned, baby. You're going to lean this way as much as you can whenever you talk. Yeah. Hines up, giddy up. <laughs> Good morning? That sounds so weird. Good yeah. morning for True Crime Tuesday's night shift. Uh, I am live from J. Rama's haunts. And it is haunting, to say the least. <laughs> it is literally Halloween 24-7 here. It is. You've got the Halloween memorabilia right behind you. Yeah, I felt like some kind of spirit was going to visit me in the night. Like a ooh, remember Ghostbusters when that happened? Yeah, that's not cheating. So I've always wanted it to happen, <laughs> right? My wife says like I, I, she doesn't. Like we have not had any conclusive evidence that that is cheating, because you can't really emotional cheat with a spirit. I mean, they don't even physically exist. So so, <laughs> I guess Dude, it's fair. You need game. to light more candles. Yeah. Do more shit next time I come <laughs> over here, because I want to be visited by by a uh, by a spirit. But no, we are. Uh, I'm on my Hell Week journey. I was with conservative ants in, I don't even know where, um, Florida. And then we went down to the Skunk Ape Research Facility for Night Shift, Top Secret Information, which is its own podcast, uh, still under the umbrella of Failure Stop, but you won't find it on the Failure Stop Podcast channel. Those of you just tuning in, this Failure Stop Podcast channel, we do five, six shows a week now, all geared to keep first responders informed and entertained. And then we have two side shows that are on the media channel which are uh, Anti-Hero Podcast, which you're a producer of. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome. I was on their show last night. Yeah. Super fucking cool. And yeah. their studio is super cool. It is. Very cool. And then um, we also have true... <laughs> no, we have Night Shift Top Secret Information. Night Shift, all one word. Top Secret Information with conservative aunt Anthony Ramondi. And, um, I'm, and then I'm headed to Maryland after this, this morning. Oh, my God. I will God. be driving from here, taking a pit stop. And then heading to Maryland to the Tim Pool uh, podcast compound in Marylando. So have fun with that. The drive. <sighs> yeah, I'm gonna listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> a lot of true crime, J Rama. Tonight's episode's brought to you by Failure to Stop. No, it's <laughs> tonight's episode is brought to you by <laughs> I didn't even check today. Definitely Ghost Bed. And we got to go to the Ghost Bed. Um, facility yesterday pretty rad i want to stop talking it's so early in the morning and i haven't had any coffee and i've been podcasting for like three days straight i'm gonna stop talking i'll do the ad reads in a minute yeah I'll take over for i don't me. know how you're functioning right this now. this is ridiculous we were gonna film it last night and, and 
It was like, I couldn't. Uh, yeah, no, I don't I see do how it. you would have been able to. Yeah, I was so tired. <laughs> I was in the car eight hours yesterday, four hours the day before, and 13 hours the day before that. No. It's too much. No, that is way too fucking too much. Too fucking much. But I got to go to the Skunk Ape Research Facility. Yeah. Learn all about Skunk Ape. He's, uh, he's something, isn't he? Well, he may or may not be something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you this, though. The Everglades are the armpit of the universe i'd never been i grew up in florida i'd never been to the everglades i've yeah. been to okeechobee mm-hmm. i've been to miami been to key west never been to the actual everglades yeah at the very most southern non-island part of florida yo that is a true crime heaven oh there's probably a fuck ton of bodies out there you would never find them no not you would never it is like the serengeti Desert, but all swamp with gators and with snakes. Ga- it's and- I've never seen a flatter, more highly vegetated <laughs> shithole yeah. in my life. The mosquitoes are like the size of a human. Yeah. If you murdered somebody on the side of the road there, it would take thirty minutes for the body to be completely consumed. Mm-hmm. The mosquitoes, alligators, snakes. It's frightening. That's why um, when the Brian Landry thing happened, and then yeah. we're getting off topic, but no, that's they totally on topic. So he was found like not that long after he went missing or whatever, right. and he was <clears throat> reported to be skeletal remains. And everyone was like, "I don't, it's not him," because there's no way someone could become a skeleton. That I'm like, he's in the swamp. Like he was out in South Florida, like in the swamp. In the Absolutely, swamp. he could have been. Yo, it was intense. We saw. A 24-foot python. No. It's the second largest python living that's been caught. This guy had it in the back of his shed at this at the skunk ape facility. Oh, just like gonna, in the back of this barn. I thought you were going to say some just some guy had it in his shed. Well, he is just some guy. He just calls this barn the skunk ape research oh facility. God. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a long drive, um, but it's cool. I mean, if you're in South Florida, you got to go for sure. It's an experience, but... It's very, very, like, <laughs> that dude could kill you, oh, yeah, and no, yeah. nobody would know he killed you. And he's kind of mm, yeah. sus, as the kids say. Maybe I should interview him. Oh, you should. Like, he's, he'd be <laughs> rad. He's an entertaining guy. But, like, yeah. I'm not sure that I am, it would be one of those things where if he took you out on a tour in the bush, you would be at his mercy. Like, yeah. he could have his way. Whatever he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Whether it's feed you to an alligator or like one of those deliverance squeal like a pig type <laughs> sitches, this dude could have. I mean, you're not getting out without him. Oh yeah. So you're if he has a heart attack oh, on the fucked. tour, you, you're done. You're like he yeah. kind of sounds like the Joe Exotic. Of Nobody he Skunk is. Ape. He really is. Nobody's gonna find you though, and you're not gonna find your way back. You can't no. even see a helicopter out of that shit. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not even kidding you. Listen, I've done all the land nav courses. In the military, I've been in some thick draws, brush. I've never seen terrain like this. Unsurvivable. I remember as a kid, I think it was like Cortez um, was one of the, and I might be wrong. So if you're a historian, you can send us a DM to <laughs> True Crime J Rama. Yes. Uh, J A R A M A J Rama, Jarama, and uh, and you can tell me who it was. But I think it was Cortez, and his goal was to get from like Saint Augustine, Florida, to the other side of Florida. But they went missing. They never found them. And I was like, and they went out with like two or 300 dudes. Holy shit. And I remember as a kid thinking like. They all went missing? Uh, yeah, they never found any of them. 
And I'm like, how does 200 and 300, two to 300 people never make it to the other side of, of Florida? And they sailed a ship up and down the coast. Yeah. Trying to find them on the other side. They just never showed up. And now I'm like, yo, they wouldn't, once you get into that, once you've made the commitment to get in. Yeah. And that, like, what kind of compass? I don't even know how you would use the stars because you couldn't see them. Not a, you can't see them at night. Not a, not a, not inside that brush. It's it's oh that's right it's, yeah yeah it's like a can it would be like um, I mean it's thicker than a rainforest. I mean we're yeah. talking you know we were talking about how you would, you'd have to cut your way through it obviously mm-hmm. and it's it's not like anything you've seen on the movies. It's not like some kind of African jungle where you take one swipe <laughs> and a whole bunch of leaves fall. Like this is knotty thorny cypress. weave of i mean you could probably i mean i'm not exaggerating you with a machete i would say that you could probably move three miles a day if you were really really working hard and that was like you would have to be you new church like you'd Mm -hmm. have to have food water and it was hotter than satan's asshole down there (laughs) i I, triple digits it's fall it's triple digits down there in the fall it's miserable here, and we're like in the central part of the state, so yeah. I can only fucking imagine. Dude, you're easy twelve degrees cooler right now. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't see. Um, it takes a real man to survive out there. I'm not that guy. It makes me think of all the uh, the Native Americans that just live. So they're there. there. They're still there. Yeah. Dude, it's bizarre. They have like straw huts, Indian huts. Whoa, I didn't like, know that. You'll be out in the middle. It's like you'll be eighty miles. No, not eighty, but like. You'll be 20, 30 miles into a, a, the two-lane road yeah, with just a thick wall of swamp vegetation on both sides of you. Nobody. Not, not a human. Not a gas station. That's what I say. It's like, what if you break down out here? Like, you're, who the fuck's coming to get you? You're done. You're yeah. done, dude. We saw t- a pair of shoes is in the middle of the road. Uh. I was like, true crime <laughs> happened right there. Like, that's part of a missing person's case Holy for sure. He'll never be found, and I'm not stopping. Yeah. No way, no how. And then all of a sudden, you'll see like a gap in the tree line, and it'll be like an Indian hut, like three of them together. That's weird. So they're they're like the big straw, like what you would see in the movies. And so when we got to Skunk Ape, I was like, yo, what's up with all these? Like, those are Indians. And I'm like, yo. That's crazy. Are they cannibals? (laughs) Getting cannibal vibes out here. I mean, up where we're at, I'm sure you're familiar with the Ocala National Forest. Yeah. That place is is pretty fucking wild, too. And they've got like, uh, not Native Americans, but rainbow people is what they call them. What? You ever heard of them? No. They're like an underground, like, rainbow coalition type society like and gay no <laughs> the gays have the rainbow they're gonna sue them for they had it first no they're gonna sue the gays <laughs> are gonna sue they're gonna come after these rainbow people they can't be stealing the rainbow well they live in the woods and they um there's like a big thing where like the uh the deep state or illuminati or whoever Ooh. has infiltrated them and it's created a human trafficking ring oh and they just live there and we would run into them all the time when I was growing up, just going in the woods, and they'll chase you down. And I mean, they're what they're are they doing out there? Scary, living and doing drugs. Are they naked? No, they're not. Well, some of like them are. Rainbow people would be naked. <laughs> some of them are. Ocala is a weird place. It is a very that's weird where place. you grew up. Right, Ocala. Yeah, not in Ocala. I grew up in a town called Umatilla, but it's like yeah, for sure, it's Uma- even shittier. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's very um, shitty. Dude, I literally like one of the top ten worst places I've ever visited. Uh, Ocala for sure mm-hmm. And I would say that Ocala is worse than the Everglades Because at least the Everglades have the Skunk Ape Research Facility There's a Bigfoot research facility in the Ocala National Forest 
Okay. There's a guy that does. I didn't know. It's that. just like the skunk ape guy. It's not as elaborate, but it's there. Oh, the skunk ape is not elaborate <laughs> at all. But there is a 24 foot python. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we have. I've that never seen a 24 foot python. I've never seen a six foot python. It's the oh. biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. I like 300 snakes, pounds but that's, or something. Like that's that. too much. Two. That's a lot of snake. That's way too much. That's a lot of snake. I don't like that much snake. I prefer yeah, smaller that's what snake. She said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we should probably start talking about <laughs> our true crime. True crime. <laughs> We've got a green. Ber- we got Delta Force versus Green Beret. Listen, if you're if you're if you're feeling frosty and you're a Green Beret, and you want to do some real land nav, some real man survival shit. Head down to the Everglades. Let's see how you do down there. Uh, I'm not sure that you would even make it. Go ahead. What okay. You know with this, shit? I got to find out who's our sponsors today. By the way. So today, like uh, Tansy just said, Delta Force versus Green Beret, our, uh, our victim in this case is uh, Sergeant First Class Mark Leshaker. He a, was a decorated Green Beret. Um, he sustained a TBI, and uh, while he was recovering, he was on desk duty, essentially, at uh, Fort Bragg. So... Um, him and his best friend, um, Master Sergeant William Levine, he was Delta Force. And he was in a similar predicament where he was on like a desk job. So him and I don't remember the circumstances behind that, but him and Mark were like inseparable best friends. The Delta and the Green Beret? Yes. All right. So there's a, a lot of people who are like, what is a Delta Force? Yeah, please Green interject Beret? because you have more knowledge than I do on this stuff. Well, I don't, but. I think it's probably fair because people are like, what's Delta Force? Right, what's right. a Navy SEAL? What's a Green Beret? So they don't know. The, I was in the uh, 20 Special Forces group, which was a Green Beret unit. Um, uh, Green Beret is the Army's version of special operations. And uh, they're usually tier two. Um, and there's three, t- there's generally speaking, three tiers of special operations. You have tier one, which is your Delta Force guys and your SEAL Team Six guys. <laughs> These are the guys that take down Saddam Hussein and Bin Laden and uh, Al Soleimani and Al Baghdadi. Then you have tier two, which are Green Berets and Navy SEALs, typically speaking. Mm-hmm. And um, your Green Berets and your Navy SEALs, your, the difference between a Green Beret and a Navy SEAL is a Navy SEAL does quick reaction, like hostage takedowns. They're in, they're out. And they bounce. And it's like a, f- a fish out of water, essentially. Sometimes they can be out of the water, just not very long. They need to get their ass back to that boat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But a Green Beret's mission is to, although they are both land, sea, and air, they are both scuba, halo, hey-ho, airborne, waterborne operators. Um, so they can traverse. Uh, but... Generally speaking, a Green Beret is an embedded, landlocked force multiplier. And his job is to parachute or swim or infill into a region and train and destabilize the government. So train civilians to help destabilize the government. It's very manipulative type stuff. It's Mm -hmm. very covert, clandestine. Um, But they are masters of chaos is what they're called. Masters of chaos. They create chaos 
Um, but they also can do humanitarian things as well. But generally speaking, Green Braves are embedded to find indigenous folks to rise up against their governments mm-hmm. and to attack. Think about the Mahajadeen or um, uh, the Montagnards uh, in Vietnam. The in Vietnam. And then your Navy SEALs, they're the ones that are just like going in, direct action, hit the door, sneak in, you know, um, rescue, you know, whatever. Um, so that's the difference. So, so now you have Delta Force and Green Berets. Your Delta Force are just going to be the most baddest of the ass Green Berets, <laughs> which that's not even true because it's just a different mission. Sure. They are also hostage takedown, but Delta Force is like, they are like the inland hostage. They're yeah. always competing versus SEAL Team 6. Mm-hmm. And then you have another tier one unit called the 2-4 STS, which is pararescue and combat controllers. That's the Air Force side and they're brand new. So, and then you have tier three, which are your Rangers and your 160 is SOAR, uh, which are your helicopter pilots that are in special operations. Okay. And then um, the Navy side of tier three would be SWIC, which is like your small boat. Okay. um, Fucking teams. Today's show is brought to you though by factormeals.com. Meal prepping made way too easy. (laughs) Easy, steezy meal prepping. We love factormeals.com. You can choose from over 300 different menu items on online. Uh, If you use that promo code Wolfpack50, it's going to get you 50% off your first week. The way it works is that these are meals made by chefs and shipped to your door fresh and never frozen. They come in this awesome box with uh, some dry ice, and the dry ice just keeps everything really cool. You move it from the box to your refrigerator, pop it in a microwave, and in two minutes. These are not TV dinners at all. These are like real deal meals that were prepared by a chef. Like when you order the bacon ranch chicken uh, with the sides, like it's a whole dish. It's a whole freaking plate of food that you're going to put in the microwave that's never been frozen at all and it's real deal food it's so good so while you're in your squad room you're in your first responder shack everybody's eating like a peasant you're eating like you know real you're you're eating high class you ain't even eating middle class (laughs) and it's like the same price as the grocery by the time you take the time to go to the grocery store you you know you get the shrimp and you get the chicken you get the bacon and you cook it all and you meal prep for the whole week you can get three meals a week and seven meals a week you know, however many ships you have shipped right to your door. You just get online at the beginning of the week, pick out what you want. It's going to get shipped to you all in one swoop, put it all in the refrigerator and your meal prep for the week. It's literally delivered the same week that you order it. <clears throat> so you can get it on a schedule. It's absolutely incredible. And we also have manscaped and thank God for manscaped because me wife, <laughs> me wife had a baby six weeks ago. Today, six weeks. Oh. That's the magic number. Can't have sex for six weeks after the baby's been born. And I've been in Florida for four days. So guess who's <laughs> going home to have sex? I am. So I had to manscape while I was on the road. Uh, manscaped at conservative aunt's house. Um, clogged up his, his, uh, his shower because it's been six <laughs> weeks. But uh, today, um, we're here with sponsor... For your bouncing bundle of joy. No, we're not talking about a baby. We're talking about your baby makers. That's right. Today's show is brought to you by Manscaped. Um, (laughs) 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 But just like babies, your delicate little guys have sensitive skin and deserve products that are not only skin safe, but made with safe ingredients. That's where Manscaped Platinum Package comes in from razors to shower care. The package goes above the gold standard for your body and your hair. So treat your beautiful boys 
to the world's I ain't calling my girls. I don't know why. But anyway, uh finest toys at manscaped.com using our promo code Wolfpack for 20% plus free shipping. The Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 is a one-step shop for the man who deserves it all. You got the ball deodorant. Do you use ball deodorant? Mm, yeah. You deodorant for your bowels. Yeah, every day. Bro, so the ball deodorant sounds weird, but when you put it on your bowels, don't stick to the sides of your leg. You're not having to peel the skin mm, of your bowels you off the side of your leg. Uh, it's got the conditioner, the toner, the anti-chafing boxers, which are best. The fucking shed travel bag. You saw my shed travel bag today. It's nice. I yanked that thing. It's leather. It's all nice. You know, I even had the 4.0 trimmer. It's got the light, the LED light, so I can fucking mow in the dark. What? It's water resistant, dude. So you do it in the shower, in the dark. <laughs> And it's got that skin safe Nick technology. So you're just, you just get all in it real crazy. That way, if you've had a couple of brewskis in you before you go in there, manscape, you're going to be okay. It's got the two in one shampoo conditioner, which keeps this mullet fresh and smelling fresh. Uh, not like a, uh, not like a Trader Joe's hippie. <laughs> I hate, that's what I hate about Trader Joe's is everybody's hair stinks. Ugh. I've never been into a Trader Joe's, but oh, I'll take your word dude, for it. Dude, the people there just look like they smell bad. <laughs> Platinum Package 4.0 covers all the bases from head to toe. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code WOLFPACK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with shipping manscaped.com. Promo code WOLFPACK. Uh, use the Platinum Package. And it's quarter four. So that's the Christmas quarter. So we have a lot of ad reads. We don't have a lot. We had three. Uh, we have one more. I'm going to save it because it's my favorite. It's officerprivacy.com yeah. forward slash WOLFPACK. Officerprivacy.com forward slash WOLFPACK. You don't want... Uh, to subscribe to Officer Privacy after it's too late. You have to do this now before you have a critical incident and your address and your church and your thing, it's all over the interwebs. And right now there's a special uh, a promo for officerprivacy.com and that's officerprivacy.com forward slash Wolfpack. Uh, and then you can have a peace of mind. And listen, now, that I, where I like this gift is, is that if you have a son-in-law or a daughter-in-law that's a cop or first responder or works for the Fed boys um, or something like that, or as like a, you know, is an influencer, get them a subscription to officerprivacy.com. And what officer privacy is going to do for them is going to scrub their immediate address. It's going to scrub where they go to church. It's going to I monitor and identify the interwebs for these key addresses so that nobody can find you. You can't get swatted, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, big deal. But here's the thing is, is like, you're like, well, I don't need that. Well, when you shoot somebody, mm -hmm. especially in election season, or you're involved in election cheating, it's too late. They've already got your address and they're coming for you. They're going to protest. I personally did security at one of my best friend's house while I was a cop. He got an officer involved shooting and I was paid for five days to stay at his home and just get the uh, media away. But it was the protesters. It was the weird drive-bys of slow rollers oh, no. that wanted to intimidate you. We had shifts going on. Looking out mm -hmm. the windows constantly to make sure he had to change to where he went to church. He had to change where he went to CrossFit. He had to change where he went to jujitsu because people were waiting for him in the parking lot, harassing him everywhere he went. They would follow him all around, honking the horn oh behind him. God. Imagine the fear of his family. Yeah. <clears throat> had he had officer privacy or had it existed back then, that wouldn't have happened. It's very important. I know it's cheesy. So I know that cops are really not going to buy this for themselves because we're too stubborn. So that's what I'm saying. If you've got a son in law, you got a daughter in law, you got a friend. You just want to do something nice for a first responder. This is a gift that they absolutely need, but nobody really wants to buy it. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to spend that hard-earned blue-collar money, but it's absolutely needed. So make it a gift. It's like a life insurance policy. Give them that gift. 
very inexpensive for a great peace of mind. And that is the last ad read. I promise. That's it. Okay. I have no more. This is the re- <laughs> this is you the rest of the fucking show. All right. You guys ready for some real true crime murder and mayhem? <laughs> All right. So I've introduced um, our characters in this case, um, and they, like I was saying, best friends. They lived in the same uh, like apartment complex. Um, Mark's wife said that they every night that they would do dinners and stuff. Um, they called him Billy. So Billy and Mark were always just together. You know, that, that group's a tight-knit group anyway, but they just did everything as a family together. So in March of 2018, um, they decide to go down to Disney World for uh, to celebrate one of the girls' birthday. Uh, Billy and Mark had two daughters, okay. both the same age. Okay. So they went down, uh, spent some time at Disney World, um, and they're driving back, uh, Billy's driving back to, uh, Fort Bragg. And while they're driving, Mark's wife says that Billy's texting her, like, Mark's acting weird, he's being paranoid, he's doing all this crazy shit. Now, just to remind you, he was recovering from a TBI, and when you have a TBI, sometimes you do get a little weird or you have episodes he was on um, prescription meds and i think it was like tramadol and then he would self-medicate with valium and stuff like that you know right. the typical story unfortunately yes, yes. And, and like special operations have such they because they have uh like param like uh, mm-hmm. paramedics like 18 deltas these are like flight surgeons they have access to obscene yeah. amounts so like with, without like nobody knowing like ambien Get it like that. There's you no know, one checking can, them. Yeah, there's like you can go right to your Delta medic and be mm-hmm. like, yo, I need some Valium. I need some, yeah. you know, amphetamine. So Mark was um, self-medicating. He was also prescribed. And Billy also was a drug user. They were both known to use um, cocaine at some point. And it just, I mean, maybe you can speak on that culture a little bit, but that is that is a problem <coughs> in the military is the drug use, partially because of the meds that they're getting prescribed for like yeah. every little thing, they just throw pills at you. And like you were saying, they've got really easy access to it. Well, you know, the reason why is because you, you go through this two years of training now for to be Delta force, you're talking like four years yeah. of training and that's four years away from your family that you're, you're like a truck driver. You're just in and out. You're, you're a ghost in the night. You come yeah. home, you see your kids for 48 hours and you're gone for six weeks. You come home for 24 hours. You're gone for three weeks. You come mm-hmm. home for, three days you're gone for 12 weeks and that's your life for four years and you're going to these intense schools halo school you're going to dive school you're going to pre-scuba and then you're going to scuba then you're um and then you gotta you gotta qualify on all these too so mm-hmm. it's like once you're halo qualified once you're combat dive certified every six months to a year you gotta do a night dive you gotta do a day dive you gotta do a night jump you gotta yeah. do a day jump then you've got to do all your qualifications with your weapons pistol rifle machine guns 50 calibers machine yes. guns grenade launchers i mean it is unfathomable how much knowledge these dudes have there's really very little room for family i like that mm. they preach it and stuff but that's really not true a lot of these guys most of these guys most of the men in the community are cheating on their wives i hated it i was a part of the culture 
um, it's very difficult not to because everybody's doing it. Mm-hmm. You are the most elite dude. You've got shredded abs. You've got an ego soaring. You've got adrenaline just from yeah. just rock climbing, uh, practice operations, kicking indoors. You've got this bravado about you that when you walk in it's like you are an alpha everywhere you go you know what i mean yeah it's almost like um <clears throat> i don't want to say primal it is but it's I it mean, is it's like, like these dudes are spartans mm-hmm. like it's like oh a woman yeah. uh, take this woman <laughs> you know like there was there wasn't really much a marriage and so on the down low on mm-hmm. the downtime then they go into combat and combat is slow but they need this. And you're like in a prison when you're deployed sometimes. You can't just like walk yeah. off of a post. You can't just go do what the fuck you want. Right. You're stuck within like, you know, a 300, you know, a, a, a 2,000 <clears throat> square foot area right. with a tent that you're monitored. If you go out and, you know, we call it going out in Indian territory, <laughs> you know, you can't go in there. So there's, um, you know, if there's a chance to do drugs to pass the time, you know, let's do these drugs. Yeah. You know, if you're hurt. You know, you start self-medicating to get through these trainings. You have you to can't go. Fail. You can't stop. Yeah. You've got to self-medicate and then that's going to lead to addiction. And when they find out how easy it is and it's like, oh, you know, then there's the depression because you're cheating on your I wife. Know, yeah. There's the depression because your wife's cheating on you. There's depression because, which by the way, <laughs> yeah. true story happened to me um, while I was in the course. And, um, and uh, the girl I was with was cheating on me and then got pregnant with the other dudes. Uh, Baby, so there's no working that out, you know, that's <laughs> depressing. Um, and and so, like, and then you know, your family life sucks, your kids fucking grow up to be cheese balls. So it's like, here you are, just a super badass, and your you know, your little kid is fucking suffering, it's 40, 50 pounds overweight, stuck on a screen all day. And as a man, you're like, oh, well, right. I can't fix that because I'm doing this, so fuck it. And they just yeah. it just perpetuates it's a cycle, and then it's a cycle, and then they get fucking really fucked up on drugs all the time that's what um mark's wife and sister nicole um said about their mentality mark and billy's mark was like outwardly more um like excited to do the job and he was really uh like you know excited to train and go on uh deployments and stuff and billy was a little more um his mark's sister described him as like trouble tormented like mm. dark and he would drink and get really really sad like he had some mental issues going sure. on and she said that that was not really normal for that group of guys like he was kind of an outlier with that yeah and she always thought it was kind of weird but didn't really take much note of well, it i've met i've met a few of them that are like that yeah they just you know and, and i'm and, and listen i've got one that's a really close friend he's a green bray and i mean he cannot stop thinking about the people he's killed cannot right. get over it can't stop thinking about it and every couple of months, I'm the one that's that's getting the, the messages, you know, like that was bi- that know, was Billy. blah blah blah, and you yeah. know he's just fucking hammered. But you know, you at the same time, you're like, dude, if he's in a bad state, he could easily off himself right now. Yes, if I don't say yes. the right things or do the right things. But also, you know, these are the guys you can't go and like Baker act these guys. Oh because no, because then you're talking like you know it's gonna be a problem. I, you don't want to cut the cop. Like you're like, I'll just let Billy kill himself. It's gonna be a problem. I don't want him to kill cops. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, just let this motherfucker work this out, or yes. he doesn't. But I'm not gonna put a cop's life at right. risk trying to deal with him right now. So yeah, and so that was their mental state. Um, the day that they were driving back from Disney, where uh, Billy was texting Mark's wife Laura that Mark was acting. Um, paranoid, irrational. He thought that there were people following him. He was like asking Billy a bunch of questions to make sure that he was actually Delta Force and not some sort of like spy. Um, 
they think it was be they think it was because they were involved in drugs and it was becoming a problem where other mm-hmm. people were starting to notice mm-hmm. and he was afraid that he was going to lose everything because mm-hmm. um, to an extent the military turns a blind eye but if you go a little too overboard there's i mean there's really not much they can do and they were getting to that point well they're apparently. not going to help you they're no, no, never no, no. going to help you nope. once they once they find out that there's something wrong with you especially in special operations I mean, the fear of never to return mm-hmm. is such a big deal. And I know guys that have been tricked and duped, and I've preached it a thousand times. Get help if you need get help. You know, I, there's one dude that's fighting right now. Um, I'm not going to say his name, uh, but I may, maybe I'll put it on our, our Instagram if I get his permission. But um, he's actually advocating because he said, I need, I need to take two weeks of leave yeah. for, mental, for mental wellness. And he went down to Fort Benning, prescribed by the VA, to go to a clinic for two weeks. And get right. Mm-hmm. He comes back, goes back to where he's feeling good. And they're like, yo, we just found out like this is like a week or so later. They're like, yo, on your two week leave, where did you go? And he's like, I went to an in-treatment program on Fort Penning prescribed by the VA. And they're like, yo, you can't be. Oh, my God. You can't be in this unit if that's what's going on. And yeah. they fucking kicked him out. And that's and that's like <coughs> um, talk about throwing them right back into their fucking crisis right you use and abuse right it's horrible um but yeah we could talk the entire time about that you know what though (laughs) and and at the end of the time you're like man that sounds sad and everything but like i I think when you go into something like this you have to know that this is what you're getting into and this is a life you chose you chose to be away from your family so maybe don't have one you chose to be away from your wife so maybe let's not have one right now Right. It is a very selfish industry. Green Berets, Delta Force. I my my best friend of all time is Tier One. My best friend of all time. I own a distillery with him. He's Tier One. Mm-hmm. He is the only exception. He's the only guy that I have seen that's able to do both, and it breaks his heart. Yeah. He is perpetually sad that he's away from his kids, but he's the best at his job. Tier one, there's nobody else out there like him. I think he's he's got qualifications that it's really like him and maybe two other people in the world that can do it. Um, I know he jumps in like uh, uh, FBI agents, uh, Halo jumps. He's got many combat jumps, dives. I mean, he's been on all of America's most elite missions. He's, he was on yeah. the B team for, um, for, for the Bin Laden raid. He was on the backup team for that. Um, and, and so just all these, uh, Bo Bergdahl, all these missions um, that he was in, a part of in some way or another, and um, it's very, very difficult for these mm-hmm. dudes. So I, I always say, like, when you get into this shit, <clears throat> you either need to, you just got to ask yourself, what's what's the most important thing in life? What do I want to be known for? Do I want to be known as being a Navy SEAL and a tier one unit? Do I want to be known as being Delta Force? Or do I want to be known as being a good father or good wife? Do I want to be known as both? You know, how am I going to manipulate this? Am I doing it for yep. four years or five years? But there's so many questions I need to be asked. And they need to be real conversations. It can't just be like, man, I want to be a Green Beret and I've got what it takes and I'm going to go do it. That's only like 1% of that battle. The yeah. other part of it is... Surviving it. Surviving yeah, yeah. it. And, and dude, it takes influencer level, like these David Goggins, it takes a David Goggins level of commitment to uh, maintain the professional standards of that community and to be a good father and a good husband. Yeah. We're talking like you got to wake up every day and be like, oh, I'm going to be the best dad in the world. Nobody's going to be a better dad in the world than me. <laughs> and I'm going to be an awesome elite soldier. And it's like, you, I, I don't know how they do it. But it, generally speaking, that is a very selfish, ego-driven 
Rightfully yeah. so. It That's how I be. want my killers. Yep. That's how I want them. It has to be. I want them a little rapey, a little fucking, you know what I mean, savage. You know, because that's going to keep that's me. That's going to get the job done. Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to be speaking Chinese in yeah, ten years because yeah. of these fucking dudes. But they're like, you know, real deal Spartans. They mm-hmm. really are real life Spartans. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's that's a weird balance too, because like you were saying, the, that mentality and that um, little bit of a, you know the savagery of it is necessary for the job, but at the same time, the military doesn't want to like uh, publicly associate that with. Like the army's not going to be like, yeah, our guys go over there and do all these horrible things, but don't you feel better? Like they're not. So these guys get stuck in this weird, like you were saying, a cycle where they're dealing with the aftermath of all the savagery with no backup, pretty much. None. And it's really, really sad. And no more savagery. Yeah. So they're like just sitting there home, like, you're like, fuck. I mean, these guys were on desk duty. Yeah. That's oh, hard. And embarrassing. That sucks. You're, you're an alpha sitting at a desk going can i speak to lieutenant colonel <laughs> i'm you know base wife sally joe and my husband was forced to do push-ups at the px they're probably like bitch our rank is <laughs> i'm the most fucking elite motherfucker <laughs> god well <laughs> we could talk about that for a really long time <laughs> um <laughs> the base cairns yeah so depend um, eponymouses <laughs> So uh, Mark's wife, Laura, after hearing all these things from Billy, she FaceTimes him and he checks on him. And she said that he was normal, happy, yeah. like, oh, can't wait. They had their daughter, so they're like, oh, we're just driving. Um, can't wait to see you, miss you, blah, 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 all that good stuff. So she didn't really think much of it. Um, she said that they would play pranks like that on her a lot, where they would text her and be like, oh, so-and-so is freaking out or having like an episode or like, which, what the fuck? That's a fucking... I know. <laughs> So she kind of ignored it. Um, they make their way back to uh, Fayetteville and they, um, they're they at Billy's house. They start working on a car in the driveway and somehow or another it devolves into an argument. Sure. Billy and Mark start arguing. They start wrestling. They get physical. Billy runs into his house, locks the door behind him with... His and Mark's five-year-old daughters inside. And uh, Mark's daughter, she's scared because Uncle Billy is acting mm-hmm. a little erratic and, and him and her dad were just fighting. And she can hear her dad, Mark, screaming outside the front door, pounding on the door, trying to get in. So she unlocks the door. Mark comes in. And what happens next is disputed amongst family members officially on record it's not disputed um on record what happens is mark enters the home continues the altercation with billy and billy takes um, a 45 caliber handgun and shoots him three times killing Mm. him so mark is now dead billy calls 911 Um, law enforcement shows up. He gives them this story that Mark, him and Mark were fighting, wrestling. It, it, it was escalating. Mark was out of his mind, allegedly. And Mark took a screwdriver and was trying to attack him in the home. Oh. And that's why he shot and killed him. During the investigation, there was no screwdriver located. Medical examiner, you know, checked the body. Crime scene came. 
there was no screwdriver. It was out by the car still. Mm. So mm. when they when they examined Mark's um, body, the medical examiner realizes that he was shot um, three times. One of them was uh, through the back. So mm. he had fallen to the floor after the first few shots, yep. and Billy shot him in the back. Dang, Billy. I know. So Billy gives a couple of different stories to other people, not just law enforcement. He tells um, Nicole, Mark's sister, because they were Billy and Nicole were pretty close. Um, he tells her that Mark wasn't himself. He's like, mm-hmm. that was not my best friend, and he needed to be put down. Those were his words. Like a rabid dog. Like a dog. Yeah. Hmm. Obviously, he's got his story for law to, to law enforcement, and then he tells. I think he tells a couple of their friends that Mark shot himself and then immediately retracts it and sticks with the screwdriver story. Right. Um, so things aren't really adding up here. I mean, even if you are in a physical altercation, yeah, it's your best friend, like best friend. And these guys are trained. I mean, you should, sure. you should know like a fight's going to end and you guys are going to be friends afterwards. You're going to oh, get a beer. For sure, for sure. You don't need to shoot somebody. No. Um, Laura did mention too, while she was on the phone with, Billy at some point that because he called her while Mark was still outside trying to get into the house she said that Billy sounded drunk oh for sure he sounded super out of it yeah and so she was telling Mark like um, nobody's working on a car without a couple of bruises <laughs> right, right you just came back from a family vacation you're feeling good you, you're waiting for your family to show back up and um, yeah they probably had a couple of drinks um but Laura was saying that, you know, he sounded extremely incoherent and she called Mark and told Mark to stay there because he was going to go pick her up. Right. Um, because she didn't want to leave the girls alone okay. with Billy. Anyway, so um, the investigation continues. There's really not a lot of information about it, naturally. Sure. Uh, but the investigators ruled it a justifiable homicide. Mm. How? I'm not really quite sure. Was there witnesses? The girls. So I mean, the I, girls, maybe, but maybe they were basing it off the girl stories that Mark was it could be. coming at him, and being that Mark is a Delta Force operator, you could say that he himself is a fucking weapon. So, uh, Mark's daughter. There's not really anything about Billy's daughter, but Mark's daughter made a statement um, initially that Uncle Billy was acting weird. She was scared. Her, him, and her dad were fighting. And she unlocked the door to let her dad in because sure. he was screaming. And then she said that she heard the gunshots and that was it. That's the only thing. You know, it, it makes me wonder, and I don't know the rest of the story. I'm sure we're going to hear it. But like, I wonder if the conversation was like, yo, you're acting crazy. Like, knock it off. We're not going to talk about the drugs that we, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. I ran conscious stopped type shit or, you know, maybe they did something, yeah. you know, and they're like, the dude was like, I'm going to go and, I'm just going to go and come out with it. And he's like, no, the fuck you're not. You're yes. not going to fucking tell anybody, motherfucker. Yes. Like, shut the fuck up. And then like, no, you bitch. And he's like, no, I'm going in there. I'm going to fucking do it. And then like, that's what, you know what I mean? It almost sounds like the movie, <laughs> like maybe that's a little movie version, but like, right. <laughs> yeah. Then it feel like <clears throat> so, they did something nefarious and it's haunting them. Yeah. Mark's sister believes that it was, had to do with the, the drugs. She said that, um, Mark, they well, had, a, a green parade just recently got caught, caught with fuck tons of dope. Mm-hmm. It was like like I don't remember like six hundred pounds or something like that. I think I heard about that. So that's a crazy, lot, crazy dude. 
It was something crazy. And you know, if you have if you have that much <clears throat> at one given time, you've been doing that shit for a oh, long, long ass time. time. Yeah, you don't start off with that. No. But, like, but I ran Contra was the same way. They were coming back with fuck mm-hmm. tons of shit. Um, yeah, that's wild. So Nicole thinks that, uh, again, Mark's sister. And th- wait, can I just pause you right yeah, there? Yeah, a lot of people are thinking like, well, how are these cranberries doing that? Do you, you know how much blow is in, oh. is in this country? I mean, like, you can't go anywhere. To any nightclub, just go to a nightclub and just know that there's more blow in that nightclub and then times that by every nightclub in the United States. So that (laughs) blow has got to get in here in massive amounts uh, somehow. And all the elites are doing blow. I can't, I've said it a thousand times on my show, it blew my mind how many celebrities I've hung out with. And I, I listen, at this point I don't even hate on them for doing it. I don't do blow. I've never tried it. I have been around it a lot and I've seen a lot of people do it and they're not bad people. They're good people, but a lot of people in the higher industries that make a lot of money are doing blow. And that's because they party till three in the morning and they want to be a good parent. And so they take a little tootsie at six o'clock when they wake up instead of drinking coffee. Like it's literally, and then they're normal and nobody knows that, you know, they do Coke Yep, and, um, and, and so, but that Coke has got to get here somehow. And when these Delta operators, they're working with elite fucking humans. I've got a buddy that's in Delta Force right now, and he is basically on full-time secret service duty. So he is uh, in the limos with very high profile political elites. And he was telling me that they're doing crystal meth in those limos. Cool. And there are politicians. Yeah. He said, Joe, I, we have pulled over. I have been told to get out and grab something from somebody, give them money, get back in the car, and next thing I know, they're all fucking doing crystal meth. And he's like, bro, they're all doing He's like, I cannot wait to get out of the military. I'm fucking done with this shit. This is the worst mission I've ever had. These political elites yeah. are absolutely dog shit. But you know what? So if you're in this community and you're running operations and you're going to these events right like these big and now i didn't see any blow at valhalla the the valhalla event it's a very sacred event and it's very professional Mm -hmm. and everybody there was professionals and i don't think any of these guys suffer from these kind of problems and and, but it is an event that's really big and it's all tier one elites there are other events that these tier one elites go to where there are uh celebrities there Mm -hmm. and you know, so they, when they, their influence is as much as anybody else. So people start, you know, they see the blow, they see that like everybody's doing it and they're like, well, you know what? Like they keep us three or four days up on amphetamines, you know, they, <laughs> they, they hit us up with, you know, Ritalin and, yeah. you know, all sorts of shit to keep us, you know, um, alert and awake. Right. Like what's the difference? Mm-hmm. What's the difference? That's insane. It's very easy to go down that path. So yeah. I'm wondering if these guys weren't, you know, muling. Or, you know, maybe they killed somebody, they, you know, maybe. It's very you know, possible. You know, something. It's very possible. Mark's sister thinks that um, Mark was trying to, because Billy was starting to go really far into that rabbit hole that you were just talking about. And Mark struggled with it a little bit, but he was trying to avoid getting completely sucked in, according to Nicole. Yeah. And he, she believes that Mark had a conversation with Billy. Like, if you don't get this under control, I'm going to go tell somebody yeah and billy had other things going on that would have been found out right and i think 
I believe that theory. Yeah, it's a good theory. It makes sense to me because of the other shit that happens later. Very um, probable. So, I mean, it just sucks that it had to come down to that. And Billy would always talk about, now again, he, it was a justifiable, justifiable homicide. homicide yeah. So he wasn't imprisoned. This was in 2000, March of 2018 when this happened. Um, he would talk about this a lot with everybody. It really bothered mm. him. He got a tattoo in memorandum of him, which I think is a little tack, like tacky, but sure. <laughs> you murdered him. So, but he felt true remorse. Well, that's his stateside. He got a stateside kill. <laughs> and that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like getting your stateside is, that's really, I have to level up. You know what I'm saying? There you go. You got to get that tatted up on you. <laughs> all my friends that have statesides, all have a tattoo for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> but he stayed in touch with um, Nicole. Not so much Laura, um, obviously. Yeah, he did. <laughs> you know, emotions, yeah, I hear emotions you. are a crazy thing, dude. I hear you. <laughs> emotions are a crazy thing. They're like, I know this is really fucked up, but... Mm. I mean, it's real life. Shit happens. There's no proof of that. Wait, which one's Laura? Laura is Mark's wife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. So... Time goes on, and I'm. This is. Getting, I'm not saying they did, yeah, yeah. but I bet you, like, yeah. I do. That community is so fucked up, man. Like it, everybody yeah. is so. And I'm not saying Laura is. I don't know her. She, she she's probably an amazing human being, but man, I've just the debauchery that I saw in that community, you know, and I, you know, people just don't want to fix. You know, every, here's the thing: is everybody knows it happens. Mm-hmm. Like they know that there is a culture of infidelity and um this and nobody wants to address it right. nobody wants to talk about it and nobody wants real solutions to fix it and the professionalism you know the quiet professionals you know how am i supposed to trust you with my life and you're my brother but your wife can't even trust you yeah to go out and not fuck around on mm-hmm. her it's a very weird dynamic um, and I was a part of it. Listen, I, I be, because I got sucked into it too. It wasn't until I was in my, my mid thirties until I met my wife. Now I've been married for 13 years and I realized what real marriage is, what real relationships right. are, what, what being a good father is. You know, I learned all that from, um, you know, from my wife and, and from just being in love with her and wanting to do the right thing. But you know, when I was in my twenties and going through the program, like I was sucked in and everybody was doing it. So I yeah. wanted to be cool. And I just thought like, Oh, well like a girl's lucky to be with me. Yeah, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Yeah. Like she's lucky that she's even with me because I can right. have anybody I want, mm-hmm. and I should be able to have anybody. Well, I fucking you know I'm a two time combat veteran. I should be able to you know I deserve this. Yeah. I, you have this like weird twisted uh, sense yeah. of I can understand. I mean, not understand it. I mean, look at what Rob, but... Rob O'Neill's going through right now. Like, mm-hmm. and he's even getting on his podcast and talking about it, where he was like, you know, you know, when you do these bad things, you got to cope with it. And but they, he's still, he's still, and I, you know, I got nothing against the guy, mm-hmm. but like, I'm, I can see his podcast. I am hearing the words that are coming out of my mouth and what he's saying. And I think what everybody that's not like brainwashed by sucking on the teats of <laughs> of a trident is, you're saying like, yo, you, you're not, you haven't learned from this. Like, you're, right, you're yeah. just making another excuse. Yep. Like somebody needs to sit you down. And say, like, you're a Navy SEAL, dog. Fix your shit. He's riding off of that. Stop it. Yeah. Like, no, you, you don't get to have this problem right now. Yeah, you did kill people. You signed up for it. You fucking asked for it. No Navy SEAL becomes a Navy SEAL not thinking they're going to not fucking kill somebody. That's, That's the what job. they want. Yeah. So don't go kill somebody and then be all boo-hoo about it. Mm-hmm. You got to figure that out. You figured out 
dive school you figured out halo school what happens at at halo school when you couldn't get your arch right or whatever you know what what happened when you when you were uh, going to the mortar school and you couldn't get your mathematics right you went home and you worked on it you studied you doubled down and you fixed the problem yeah do that do that yeah, double down about it. and fix the problem mm-hmm. well how do i get rid of this alcohol problem well uh, i do it because i kill people and i'm having nightmares okay how are we fixing those nightmares I'll just start fixing, you know, I don't know, listen, I, I don't want to pretend like I know how to fix, you know, the problems of these elite soldiers. I don't, I don't have that answer. I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a doctor, I'm a C student at best. But what I'm saying is, is that there, where there's a will, there is a way, as yes. cliche as that is. Mm-hmm. And these dudes, it, it's not preached to them to get that fixed. It's preached to them that, oh, thank you for your service. Yep. And they take that as, that's the attention I want. So I'm going to keep going for this. Oh, you yeah. killed people. Oh, they just want a fucking hug. That's what it is. Yeah, and it's like when you have a platform Give like... Give a hug. I'm just using Rob as an example. Rob, come, if you want a hug, homie, let's <laughs> do it. Let's hug this shit out, bro. Anytime you need that validation, that thank you for your service... Hey, Brent offered already. Call me, dude. I'll hug you. Listen, I, this, <laughs> I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way. I... Rob O'Neill, uh, I think he's an incredible American hero. I, I hate seeing what he's going through, especially yeah. because there's there's these these kids that are in high school that are looking at his podcast. There's these these college kids that, that want to graduate and they want to be Navy SEALs. And what they see is, oh, well, I've got to have this issue because yeah. even the most elitist one in the world, he has that issue. So that's just part of the game. So when I do this, I'm going to have those issues. Mm-hmm. You know, that, as weird as that sounds, gonna create their own that's hell. what I'll, I mean. I remember being a young dude looking up to all these Green Berets. You know, I was attached to the Green Berets before I tried to be one. Yeah. And so the reason I wanted to be a Green Beret was because I was attached to Green Berets and I worked with Green Berets every day and I was like, I got to be you guys. Mm-hmm. I want to be you. And then when I got to the Q course, these tacks, these instructors with all their bad Badges of honor, you know, their all their uh, uh, airborne wings, all their stuff. And I was like, man, I, you know, you're just looking at it, you're idolizing, and you're in it. You're in it. You're in the brotherhood, yep. and you're still like, man, I just want to be you. And when you were looking at that guy, and that dude's hitting some toots, uh, doing a little booger sugar um, <laughs> in the old uh, patties. <laughs> For those of you who know the industry, they've been to patties. You know, hear that national anthem played on the fiddle, <laughs> running a line. <laughs> Um, and then cheating on their wife, you mm-hmm. know, with their sun, their sun tanned uh, wedding ring where they've taken <laughs> oh, the God. band off, yeah, you know, that's yeah. not fooling anybody. Oh. You know what I mean? When you see that, you're like, yeah, you know, and, and you think that that's, well, he's doing it. You think that's what you want. You think that's what you want. You're like, this guy's a fucking rock star, dude. Fucking mm-hmm. whoever he wants. You know, he, you know, he's not worried about going home to his family tonight. He's out here at Patty's. It's two o'clock. We're singing the goddamn national anthem, baby. Played on a fucking fiddle. Like, this is America as it gets, bitch. Yep. Like, fuck my family at home that's, you know, already in bed. They're already asleep. You know, it's just it's so absent-minded. Yeah. It's like two separate worlds. It's two separate worlds. It, which is wild to me. And some dudes can do it. Yeah. A lot of dudes cannot. A lot of dudes can't. I mean, do. I can't. That's a that has to be an exhausting thing to keep up. If you well, are becomes in normal. both worlds, it becomes normal because you're not sleeping as as a yeah. green beret, as a ranger. You're you're, you know, you're carrying heavy things for an extremely long long mm-hmm. way, and and you, once you get there, then you're in the fight. You yeah. know, football players. It's so funny. Like they go really hard for one minute, and then they get to take a one minute break. Like <laughs> green berets and Navy SEALs, they go hard all day. Yep. All night, they get back up again. Blisters, you can. 
barely close your fingers because you were holding on to a 50 gallon water jug for nine miles and carrying it on your back, 112 pounds on your back. You know, you jumped out of an airplane that day. I mean, in any given day, you might have jumped out of an airplane, made a nine, nine mile maneuver, stopped in the middle of a swamp, planned out a, 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 a direct action raid, rehearsed that direction, d- direct action raid in the yeah. swamp, went and did the direct action, got picked up by a helicopter, flew out on a helicopter, rece- at, you know, seven, eight o'clock at night, then received a follow on operation because of intel that you gathered and you're on the helicopter uh, planning another operation doing a little rehearsal little you know you're pulling out of your rucksack these little gi joes yeah. rehearsing it on the helicopter the helicopter is landing and you're hitting another target you're getting home at three o'clock in the morning you're cleaning all your equipment you're yeah. inventorying all your equipment it's now four o'clock four thirty in the morning you're going to bed you're getting up at 10 30 hitting the debrief hitting the breakfast uh three o'clock in the afternoon you're getting another op order baby and yeah. it just goes and goes and goes. So when you get home and, and homegirl's like, oh, you, you want to watch a movie? You're like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, it's nine o'clock. It's uh, time for bed. I'm going to put Johnny to bed. Yeah, honey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go meet the boys out real quick for uh, mm-hmm. oh, really? You're not tired? No, no, no. I, I can't go to sleep right now. I'm not tired at all. And then you go out and then you're like mad. You convince yourself because there's a pretty girl. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, pff, my wife doesn't even like me. Like She's in bed right now. Oh, man. Yeah. She's in bed right now. She's not even, uh, and you're not even thinking about the kid. I'm, t- I'm telling you, I live this. I'm telling yeah. you from my own personal experience, mm-hmm. and I've seen other dudes do it, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. And you're just like, yeah, you convince yourself, yes, that you deserve this. You're oh, living in a, here. in another reality that's mm-hmm. existing within everyone else's reality, mm-hmm. but it's just you and your buddies. Yeah, it's. That and it wasn't until I met strange. a dude from SEAL Team Four, um, good friend of mine, right now. And um, I'll say his first name. Um, his name is Duke. And um, a great guy. Been, I've, I've become good friends with him over the years. And um, and and he and I just kind of like, we get on these rants with each other. Where we're just like, dude, it's so crazy. And it's like, I think he and I, we've been talking about working on some kind of a project or, or something like maybe a podcast episode or something like that. That's like, you know, dealing with stress is not creating stress. But, yeah. you know, we really want to go on this thing. This I really want to preach this soapbox for, for any special operators that see this title, it's, it's just like that special operations title is only going to last you 20 years. That's it. Once you're out, maybe you're still around the, the teams for six more years and you kind of dabble, you yeah. get about it, but then they retire and then the next generation comes and by about 26, 27 years, nobody's going to know who you are mm-hmm. and you're going to go into that thing telling your fucking war stories. There's another war going on and nobody cares about yours. Yep. Nobody cares about you. They're in it now. You're washed up. And you got to cope with that. But what is going to last forever, or what could last forever, is that wife. And more importantly, those children yeah. that you've neglected. You've been chasing your own dreams, but you never instilled any of that into your children. And your children are um, you know, just emotionally damaged. So if you're in the industry, if you're thinking about getting into the industry, it's a beautiful industry. It's the most well-trained, the professional, some of the most amazing, incredible human beings, but that's the flaw of that community. And, uh, and, and just go into it and say, it's not going to happen to me. Right. That's not going to happen. Eric said that when it's nine o'clock at night and homegirl wants to go to bed, I don't care how jacked you are, dude. <laughs> get in the fucking bed. Yeah. You don't have to sleep. Just get in the bed and have sex. There you go. Do it, dude. Snuggle up in that booty. <laughs> Manscape. <laughs> Promo code Wolfpack. I think it's important that this, like, 
obviously I never served. Um, I have family. My You're grandfather cop. was. I served as a local law enforcement, but my grandfather was a Green Beret in Vietnam, and he had his whole host of issues. Um, but you know, we always looked at him as like. I mean, we idolized him. Because he was a good family right, man. Right, but I think that was a different generation. Vietnam, they were, they were brand new. Like Green yes. Braves didn't really exist until, well, on a small scale they sure. existed. But, you know, Vietnam was where they really kind of honed in that mm-hmm. that training, the indigenous, you know, yes. MAPSOC and all that stuff. Yes. But, you know, I, but they were still quiet professionals. Like, they took pride in yeah, nobody he, knowing what the fuck they were. Like, why does that guy got a Green Beret? Like, because mm-hmm. that, that's their motto, deal press it. Well, deal press the liberators to free the oppressed or to sure. you know, liberate the oppressed or whatever. Um, but the quiet professionals, mm-hmm. what you're going to see on all of their stuff, quiet professionals, quiet professionals. Yes. And Green Berets still to this day are quiet professionals, but you know, from, from uh, Centra Spike and the Pablo Escobar shits and Iran Contra and all these things, like uh, there is this community is small mm-hmm. and, in, and they're elite within the elites, right? It's yeah. like, you know, I might hang out with you and I might be like, yo, you want to do a little tootsie with me? And then it's like, <laughs> now you got two green berets that are badass fucking elite dudes that are taking a couple of toots. Yeah. And then they're like, hey man, like, I think on our next trip, dude, I think I can get us a, a Connex. We can fill that fucking thing up. You down? Yeah, I'm down. It happens. And now you're a fucking kingpin. Yep. It happens just like that. But <sighs> like I think it. it's important for people that don't understand any of that. To know that it really, it goes on, it's going on right now. Mm-hmm. People who you, who like a layman wouldn't suspect would be doing that, it's happening. Yeah. Even law enforcement. There's a couple guys in Jacksonville got popped for trafficking like a couple of years ago or yeah. something like that. San Diego. Marines I mean, just got caught. It's wild and, and it's, um, law enforcement is not nearly as, um, it's not, it's similar but very different from like the special forces community. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of similar in it's a very way similar, with actually. the mentality of the your, squads are just as tight. Yeah. And you're constantly in, you know, Adrenaline. all your squad mates are um, doing the same shit, cheating on their wives, yes. drinking, yes. doing stupid shit. Yep. And um, it's almost like if you don't participate, they can't trust you. Right. Because like oh, you're sure. going to go tattletale. Yeah, you're going to tattletale. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, and, and that's when you have, that's where, that's where the leader has to step in. Yeah. That's where your senior guy, and, you know, lucky for me. You know, I was around dudes that were of high moral standard when I was a cop. And so if you were cheating on your wife, you were the bad guy. You were, you were shunned that's because really you good. were, you yeah. were fucking up, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, and that's great. And that's, you know, that's kind of what I pass on now. Like I don't tolerate, I, back in the day, <clears throat> I would tolerate my friends cheating on their wives. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, and I get it, you know, everybody's got their vices and, and, and their temptations and things like that. And I'm not saying you can't be friends with people who cheat on their wives, but we, we, we can't tolerate it. Sure. And he would be like, yo, did you shack up with homegirl last night? Knowing that he's married, knowing that you're about to go have dinner that weekend yeah. with Don't that new family. It. But like, you know, in the same token, two days prior, you're like, yo, did you fucking that girl at that Hooters? You know, did you fuck that Hooters? You know, you, you, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You, you're celebrating it, essentially. And, um, you know, I think we need to, is if you're in the culture for your law enforcement first responder, um, one, you should be ashamed of yourself for doing it. There's nothing wrong with that. Having a little shame is is a good thing. You should. It okay. holds you accountable. Hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. Like you should be like, God, man, I fucking shouldn't have cheated on my wife. I, f- you should feel fucking bad. Yeah, you should. Feel and then bad. fix it. <laughs> yeah. Don't drink about it. Don't dwell on it. Fix it. Exactly. Like be like, man, I fucked up. 
Starting today, it's a new day. I'm not cheating on my wife. I'm going to choose to love my wife because love is a choice. It's not a feeling. Mm -hmm. Can't convince me otherwise. Love is a fucking choice. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to choose to tell my wife she's beautiful. I'm going to choose to tell my wife that I love her. I'm going to choose to do something nice. I'm going to choose to kiss her. I'm going to choose to hug her. I'm going to choose to get this fucking rock hard boner. And I'm going to choose to <laughs> fucking power driver, cock her down like a <laughs> fucking WCW wrestler jacked up on steroids. Cock her down. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Pile driver. Um, <laughs> That's all a choice, you know, and I, I think, you know, that's what Duke and I was talking about was like getting dudes motivated to fucking want to not cheat on their wife. Yeah. Like to be like, I yeah. want to be part of the cool club and not fuck around. I want to be a part of the cool club and be a good fucking dad. That's the other part. Like you, you cheat on your wife. Like if you have kids, you're not just affecting your wife. You got a brown it's belt, your but your too. kid is a fat piece of shit that's on his fucking video games all day and has anxiety at 11 years that's old. That's a reflection of you. Fuck your brown belt. That's Nobody a gives a shit about your brown belt. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're a CrossFit fucking gold star medalist. If your 13 year old is, is wanting trans drugs and wanting to change fucking things and it's got black hair and candles all over the place and it's to the extreme, right? Where it's just, it's more than just the music. Don't look at the candles It's just here. more than the music, <laughs> but they got some, you're from Ocala. This is all you got. <laughs> Um, that's not that's fair, different. That's okay. That's um, no, but you know, like you know, nobody cares about your CrossFit shit, dude. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares about your green beret. Nobody cares about your seal trident. You know, what we care about is, you know, what, what are you investing into your children? What are you investing into your family? That's fucking cool. That's yeah. really cool. Like, that's what these influencers should be saying is how do we create a life? And that's the thing is like, you know, that's what being a professional podcaster, I know this is way off topic, but like I'm on a it's soapbox important. today. It's important. Uh, you know, as influencers, right? We have a podcast channel, 93,000 downloads a week, um, or a, a month. And uh, plus other shows on the network and, uh, you know, and, and we're, and we are an influence. We do influence people. People want yeah. to be J Rama, you know, your top 5% podcaster in the world right now. We looked at the numbers last night, your top 5% in the world podcaster. People are going to look up to, they're going to want to be you. And um, we've got to create a culture uh, of influencing people to remember the reason why we're building this life right here is not so we can be great and I can say, yeah, I've, I'm a podcaster, I'm a professional podcaster, I'm famous. I met this person, I met that person, I met this person. If, if you've been around me for more than five minutes, you know that the majority of shit I'm bragging about and I probably should get better at it is my kids. I'm obsessed yeah. with showing you what I've done with my children. I'm obsessed with showing you my wife. I'm obsessed with you hearing, the, you know, I'm obsessed with my relationship with my family because that's what's going to last forever and i think these influencers goggins and things like that they, they you you got to be reminded that you're trying to build this influencer lifestyle so that you can have freedom to be with your family yes and you can't get sucked into going on these like i'm doing hell week right now yeah, yeah. And, and doing that this is an anomaly like this is in in this is a once a year thing for me it's when you start doing this every week and you're obsessed with the yes. growth and the growth. No, no, no. The reason why I'm doing this is so I'm home all the time so I can yep. homeschool my children. So I don't have the government teaching my kids shit. So I can, you know, put my morals, my ethics, my values into my children awesome. and teach them all the things. That's why I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. Not so I can be famous. Um, I just need some money. And a lot more money yeah. than being a cop so that I can live the lifestyle that I want to live with my family, traveling and everything like that. It's very easy to leave sight of those goals. And these influencers need to remind you guys that this is your goal. This is why you're trying to be an influencer. This is why you're being a cop. Yeah. You're not being a cop because you're working overtime 
uh, so you can make rank, so you can make sergeant, so you can make detective, so that 25 years down the road, you're the assistant chief of the department, but your family sucks. You're on your third wife. Your kids are a fucking back basket case. They're sh- ate up with anxiety, ate up with prescription pills because you spent your whole life caring more about the drugs, staying late for no fucking reason. Yeah. Like we convince ourselves that we have to stay late. We convince ourselves that we have to get all this work done. Or not. We have to convince ourselves that we have to study for court because we're going to lose the trial. Who gives a fuck if you lose the trial? And, and the grand scheme of things, you're going to pour all that heart and soul and you're going to lose the trial anyway. Yeah. Why not just be like, all right, I'm going to give it a half-ass effort, but I'm going to give a whole-ass effort on playing ball with my kids today. Because who cares? At the end of the day, who cares if you lose that trial? It's not on you. It's a job. You're a fucking street cop, dude. Yep. You made the arrest. The job is of the lawyers and the attorneys, yes. not your fucking testimony, your bullshit. But yet we're we're going, we're staying late to go get more evidence and to and to follow up on this and that. And we become so invested in other people's lives that our lives are are going down the shitter. Falling apart. Your wife deserves you to, deserves a good dick and down. And guess what? When you inevitably get in trouble or you or you get fired or you um even just retire in good standing. Guess what? How many how many people that you spent all this time with at work and put all this energy into and and really just cared about? How many of those motherfuckers are calling you None. to check on you? Absolutely maybe, maybe zero. Maybe three weeks. Give it three weeks and then they forget all about yeah. it. Three weeks will be like, hey, what's up? The man? next person blah, blah, blah. comes along and takes your spot yep, and you're, you're done. done. You're done. You don't exist Nobody anymore. Nobody gives a shit about you anymore. You, you go to the squad barbecue, they don't even say hi. Yep. Because you're like not in the club. You're anymore. not in the club. It's you don't weird. have any of the inside jokes. You know, it's really fucking um, weird. And you know, and a big part of my failure to stop, uh, kind of goals or my failure to stop, uh, I don't know, model, mission like statement. Quiet, yeah, mission statement is to really um, align one, align all the failure to stop team with people who are attempting to live. And I'm not saying yeah, you yeah. cheat on your wife and you're, you're off the team, but. <laughs> I want you to be like, oh no, uh, I hope Eric doesn't find out. I hope Jay Rama doesn't find out. Because back in the department, you didn't care who found out. Yeah. Because there was no shame. They were probably going to fist bump you. Not in our culture. Our culture is like, you did it. We're going to forgive you for it. We're going to love you for it, but we're not going to celebrate you for it. We're going to be like, yeah, come on, homie. Like, get your shit together. Take some time off. Get your shit together. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to celebrate it. Right. And I want to create cultures of leaders of law enforcement officers, field training officers. EMT field training officers, firefighter field training officers, um, to be a part of the cool guy club, which is a cool guy club is, is doing your best you can to be that perfect father, to be that perfect husband. Again, not saying I'm asking for perfection out of anybody. Yep. Um, I'm not saying you can't come to me. You can't say that you're not part of the wolf pack because you're living a nefarious life. But what I want you to do is I want you to feel a little bit of shame and hopefully over time that shame finally just eat at your stomach to the point where you're like fuck dude i want to be like those guys well, that'll make you a better person yeah and that's the that's the ultimate goal right that's it that's you want to be the best version of you that you can be and the best version of you is not giving your all and doing stupid shit to impress other people or trying to be part of this group that ultimately doesn't give a fuck about you right. really genuinely really, generally doesn't care so yeah, I love it, you know, and I, I feel bad for these Green Berets, and, and this is a new story, right? This is like within the last 10 years. This happened, um, Mark's murder happened in 20, 2018. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then something else happened in 2020 that what we happened? get to. We're, oh, we're not even there yet? <laughs> no. Oh my God. Okay, continue. We went on a my soapbox, soapbox is, is over. It's important. <laughs> it's an important message, and I'm I'm all about it. So, um, So just to recap real quick. Mark and Billy went to... With that being said, you want to you wanna cheat on my wife with me? <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
You want to run you on wanna, camera hey, live? You want to you want to you want to run a lot of blow real quick and see where this goes? <laughs> I don't have any strippers to do the coke off of, but yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we just here. watched Wolf of Wall Street last night. Like, let's get some of that action. You know? I forgot about. Let's that. get fuck you rich. Go down to Mexico and just do so much blow. But hey, don't cheat on your wives. You know? I forgot about that opening scene where her ass is just there and i was like oh well this is awkward that was that was like we're like having like business conversations last night around the table with anti-hero podcast guys like everybody's like and then all of a sudden i'm like yo was that a big giant that's ass a is that a dude <laughs> oh oh that's leonardo running a line of blow off a black chick's butthole i forgot about that i mean it was right out of her b-hole too like yeah. damn that is extreme yeah you can just run that off the top there you gotta right for the old brown eye <laughs> And then Damn. I also forgot Margot Robbie's naked in there in that movie too. Everybody's naked in that we movie. We can all appreciate yeah. naked Margot Robbie. Oh, there you go. Or Margot Robbie in general. <laughs> She's beautiful. So anyway, <laughs> to recap the story, um, Billy and Mark are driving. They went down to Disney for the girl's birthday. They went back to Billy's house in Fayetteville. They got into an argument. Um, Billy went inside, locked the door. Uh, Mark's daughter unlocked it. He came inside. Billy right. shot him three times. Ted. Um, this is 2018. It's a justifiable homicide. So he's out. He's doing his thing. He's still in the community. I'm pretty sure he's still, uh, yeah, he's still enlisted and he's just living life like normal. So nothing really, again, there's not a lot of information on this because, you know, the military doesn't want the truth to come out. But, um, December 2nd of 2020, two bodies were found, um, on Fort Bragg shot to death Whoa. in the woods off of Man- Manchester Road. Yep, in Manchester. <clears throat> um, the bodies were identified as Timothy Dumas mm-hmm. and Billy Levine. What? Yes. So, I, I don't know who found him. I can't remember, but they found Billy was inside of his truck, shot to death. Timothy Dumas was lying face down in some pine needles just away from the truck. Um, Yo. Billy, the dude that killed Mark. Yes. Yo. There's no... Uh, it was a homicide. It wasn't like a suicide right. murder. Um, oh, a drug deal, probably. Yeah, so... I'm thinking, like, somebody went to trade drugs, dr- money for drugs. There was no drugs. Just money. Billy and the boy had it. They get fucking smoked. Lose all their money. So what's interesting about this... Um, it remained completely unsolved. This is 2020, December right. of 2020. Um, it was a mystery because it just, the scene didn't make any sense. And Timothy Dumas's truck was found away from the scene. Timothy Dumas was a re- had retired from the army right. in 2016. He, let me make sure I'm accurate. Where's my phone? Um, both of these men were waiting to go to court for uh other crimes at the time mm. billy levine uh was just like a hit and run type of a deal <laughs> just a hit and run like, he was drunk yeah probably but timothy dumas was looking at charges of uh basically home invasion impersonating a, a law enforcement officer oh, oh that's definitely drugs. i mean like that's big... definitely drugs he knew that there were drugs in a house Yes. And they fucking hit the house and got the drugs. Uh, it's a t- it's a story it's as old as time. As old as time. Yeah, we we've seen that shit. That's on gang non-stop. level shit. Now the weird thing about this is that it's come out now. Someone has been indicted. Someone by the name of Kenneth Quick. Um, I don't believe he was 
in the military. It doesn't say that he was. It's okay. But he looks, he doesn't look like he was, but he was a drug dealer. Yeah, for sure. So he's, he's currently serving five years. Um, this is all drugs. This is all yeah. drug dealing. This is drug trafficking. Yes. Yeah. Um, Quick is serving five years currently um, for something that he was convicted of in February of uh, this year, actually. And he was indicted on the murders of Billy Levine and Timothy Dumas on August mm. 20, at the end yeah, of Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly what that was. this like, year. Timothy and Mark were doing a, a drug buy. He needed backup to make sure it didn't go south. You know what's weird about this, though? That I was reading the article and... Um, Quick, apparently it was an, it was a couple of other people that were with him that did this. And Timothy Dumas and Billy Levine did not have any known ties to each other. So they think that these were two separate homicides and they just dumped them in the same place. No. But that doesn't really make sense. Nah. So we're waiting for, obviously, the indictment just happened. No, nah, this is like one of these like, yo, Timothy, yo, meet me here in this yes. parking lot. I'm going to pick you up. They, they I knew each by. other. I need some help. Because they they're saying other. that Timothy and Billy didn't know each other? Correct. But they're both Green Berets? No. Timothy retired from the Army in 2016 as... I forget what he was. I'm not familiar with um, terms, military terms, so I forget very easily. Or was Timothy... Was Timothy trying to take... Oh, I don't know. I, who knows? You'll never know, but... I, I know. Mean, how about this? Like, you don't do fucking drug shit. Like, it always ends up terrible. So Timothy retired from the army in March of 2016 as chief warrant officer three. Oh yeah. So he's probably a green Beret or okay. in special operations for sure. Such a small community out there. Yeah. So such a small community and, and a chief warrant officer ain't no slouch. It's hard to make chief warrant officer three. See, I'm glad you're here to tell me this because I don't know. I read that and I was like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Probably a pilot. Okay. Or of some sort. Yeah. Uh, so, chief warrant officers are usually in charge of something and not someone. Gotcha. But okay. they are, uh, they're officers. You salute them. But, you know, whereas warrant officers are in charge of a plane, an officer mm -hmm. is in charge of a person. Okay. Uh, chief warrant officer might be in charge of a chow hall. Like, he's in charge gotcha. of all the logistics of the hall, blah, blah, blah. He's an officer of that, but he's not really necessarily in charge of people. He's not leading the team. Now, that's a general description. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it all bleeds in. Like, sure. I'm sure he's probably in charge of, you know. But there's usually, like, it, it, like, there would be, like, a lieutenant in charge of all the people. And then the chief warrant officer is in charge of like yeah. the defect, making sure that like it's stacked and mm -hmm. you know, you know, like uh, there might be a captain or something in charge of all the people that are getting on the helicopters, but the actual pilot of the helicopter is a warrant officer. Yeah. And he's not really in charge of the people. He's gotcha. in charge of a fucking aircraft. Okay. That it's makes very sense. weird. It's a, it's a very weird rank, but they are officers. It's very difficult to get chief warrant officers. They're kind of elusive. They kind of follow by their own set of rules because they're not in charge of anybody. Yes. You know, they're really accountable to people. They're accountable to things. So it's very, very weird. But I, I'd find it very odd that these two dudes are dead together and they wouldn't know yes. each other. Like, and they were planet. obviously... Maybe I'm wrong, but... Well, <clears throat> they would have had to kill Timothy and then move his body because his his truck was found a little bit away in like a parking lot I mean, it somewhere. just looks like, yo, I'm doing a drug deal. Jump in the car with me. They met. They went together to the and same they went place. To go to, they go to the same place to do the deal real quick. Yep, and it went bad. Yo, come with me really quick. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do this by myself. Yep. All right, I'll meet you in this parking lot. I'm on Manchester Road. All and, right, dog. And uh, this Kenneth Quick character he um the indictment reads that there's other people involved as well so sure all that's going to come out i'm assuming within the next few months yeah um but Ooh, you know that's pretty that's much a good follow up yeah that's pretty much case. the story because there's not a lot to it the army covers things up sure um the local law enforcement was instructed not to give certain things to leshaker's family right um 
and they they still are fighting now for some sort of justice, even though uh, Billy's dead. Yeah. Um, the, his murder has officially on the books is justifiable. Like basically, right. it was his fault that he was murdered, which is really really shitty. So. Justified homicide. Yes, but that is that's the that's the mm. case. I mean, it's pretty wild. And it's I a wild case. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you share that with me. I've got a uh, long drive ahead of me all the way to Maryland. Yeah. And um, oh, God. I know. Good I know. Luck. From Orlando Dildo all the way up to Maryland. Orlando. But I'm picking up my kids and my wife on the way. That's exciting. So they're going to Maryland with me. Um, I haven't seen them in 52 hours, something like that. So <laughs> I'm Jones and Forum. Yeah. And um, I'm going to clean all this mess up. It was so good to be here in person with you. Yes. Regis absolutely. and Kelly, this thing. We got to do it more often. It I think you guys so are coming fun. up in November. Yep. We've got we'll a big meetup in November. It's, it's really, it's an unofficial meetup, but uh, uh, Vinny Montez, the the pretty famous uh, police comedian, will be in Albemarle, North Carolina on Saturday for a big fundraiser. I think he's bringing some um, celebs with him on that. And then uh, the next day, everybody's driving to Raleigh, which is two hours away, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> doing a live show in Raleigh and an after party at the distillery. Um uh, there's also a Veterans Day thing going on at the distillery on the 11th. So uh, Antihero Podcast will be at the distillery on Saturday and Sunday. They'll have a table set up. I think they're doing a live show from there. Uh, First Responder Coffee Company will be there. There's tons of other veteran-owned businesses will have tables set up. At the distillery, there's Veterans Yoga for free that morning at the distillery on Saturday, oh, the 11th, cool. November 11th. Free to everybody. You can do it, too. I love yoga. Um, <clears throat> yoga in the morning. We got live music all day. And then we've got a Veterans Day comedy show that night at the distillery. It's a big, long day. Again, Anti-Hero Podcast will be there. J-Rama uh, from Failure to Stop will be there. I'll be there. Drew Breezy will be emceeing the event in Albemarle yeah. with Vinny Montez. <coughs> on Saturday. That'll be fun. And that'll be a good one. It's all to raise money for Shop with a Cop and Boxes. Uh, there's a Cops and Boxes uh, uh, organization. We'll have all this posted on our social media webs. Follow us at Failure to Stop on Instagram. Follow us at Failure to Stop, uh, uh, True Crime. True J. Rama for, you know, because the channel does five or six shows a week. So each show has their own individual little Instagrammies that's personal. So if you want a shout out, if you want to be shout out on the show, if you want to nominate somebody to be shout out on the show, uh, you can nominate them here. Today's nomination uh, comes out uh, anonymously. They wanted to send a shout out to uh, J.C. Santana, who has been an officer for uh, 16 years in the Raleigh area, and um, <clears throat> a, a, a husband and a father. And, and so they said a lot of nice things about him, and that was sent to us through the uh, True Crime J. Rama instagram page and they wanted to shout him out so we would like to do more than one shout out so go to that thing we just started this but last week and we announced it so uh go to the true crime underscore j rama and leave a private message who you want to nominate and they will nominate them on this particular show yes uh we still have last call coming out tomorrow with the boys political news tomorrow lots of guys i think they're covering the f-35 and all sorts of other crazy shit that's going on out there in the news and political world that show is just easy. The, the content writes itself. Yeah. Thursday, you got Com Center. Friday, big case breakdowns. We have a special guest, Angry Man Podcast, coming on uh, from Corrections' point of view to break down this whole Pennsylvania thing where this guy escaped and how he got caught. So, really excited to hear that. So, make sure you catch up on that. Go to Angry Man Podcast. Um, you'll see the link or a picture of that in our um, on our Instagram pages. And, and if you got anything else, you got anything else you want to shout anybody out. Um, just follow me on follow Instagram, you. and um, if, you. if you're on the Patreon, I've got an email. 
I know I said it last okay, time. Yeah. I really want some people to send in some stories. Oh, that's right. Because you and Drew, so you and John did an amazing Patreon that was hilarious. Did you listen to it? Yeah. <laughs> we tried to put it out yesterday for the special for Uncuffed yeah. because I was gone. There was no video. They deleted yeah. the video already. So gotcha. we couldn't release that one. So we did the Lasso Lopez uh, Patreon episode oh, yeah. that I did with Lasso okay. Lopez. But we really wanted, I really wanted you and John, but they had already deleted them. We're doing the another one. We're going to try to oh, do it twice so a month. Great. So we'll, we'll that film is it. Cold. That might be a show one day, uh, depending on uh, how soon I can get John to leave his full-time career. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm, I, listen, I've given him like three raises since he's, he's worked for us. So I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to get it to where he leaves law enforcement and um, it just does this full-time with us. And then that, I think, I think he would be so great on here. Or at least as like a, you know, you don't have to just sit with me, you know, like some Tuesdays yeah. you have him, some Tuesdays you have me, blah, 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 blah. But I'm open to anything. I, yeah. I like John. He's, he's so funny. funny. Dry, yeah. very dry humor. Yes. I, it's it's right humor that I appropriate, that I, uh, I identify with. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't have that. I have like that more audacious frat boy, kind of like childish, yeah. <laughs> like poo pooky humor. Pee pee poo poo. Pee poo poo See, that's funny. <laughs> it is funny. I'll give you that. We could do this all day. <laughs> Panties. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> penis. Penis. <laughs> god, you got me started. Dude. I could do this all day. <laughs> butthole. <laughs> Let me see your butthole. Uh, boy, Nipples. This is yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Nippies. Mm. Uh, I don't know why I said it like super gay like that. Like hanging out with conservative man too long. Oh god. Uh, god, I'm, I'm gonna go home and. Get that all out. You know what I'm saying? You got to prove to yourself that you didn't get swayed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm going to get pegged. Fair enough. Oh. Wait, I mean, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, this has been another Go Follow J Rama. And uh, we'll see you guys next week right here on True Crime Tuesday. Stay safe, stay strange, and whatever you do, don't get yourself true crimed. <laughs>